Friends, I'm not going to beat around the bush tonight. I really don't know what that means, but I'm not going to do it tonight. Uh, I'm not going to drag my feet tonight. I'm not going to pull any punches tonight. Uh, I'm not going to waste any breath tonight in telling you tonight, right from the start, we serve an awesome Savior. We serve a wonderful Savior. Praise the Lord. Amen. He is great. He is greatly to be praised. He is worthy of all glory. Our Savior, Jesus, is worthy of all glory. What a Savior we have. And so tonight, I'm going to start off by declaring, praise the name of Jesus. What a Savior we have tonight. Well, tonight, in in a marvelous set of verses, spoken from our marvelous Savior himself, we're going to see tonight just how marvelous He is. I'm excited about this time. I'm excited about these verses. We're going to see just how marvelous our Savior is tonight. Tonight our message is entitled, The Perfect Shepherd. The Perfect Shepherd. Tonight we're in John chapter 10, verses 11 through 21. John chapter 10, verses 11 through 21. The Perfect Shepherd. I'm going to ask if you would, if you'd stand with me in the honor and the reverence of the reading of God's Word. Beginning in verse 11, Jesus says this, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And I know my own, and my own know me, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep, which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my father. A division occurred again among the Jews because of these words. Many of them were saying, he has a demon and is insane. Why do you listen to him? Others were saying, these are not the sayings of a demon possessed, of one demon possessed, A demon cannot open the eyes of the blind, can he? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear Father, we come tonight again. We're thankful for you. We praise you tonight. We we worship you tonight. We exalt you. Lord, we're thankful for our Savior, Jesus. We're thankful for such a wonderful, gracious, marvelous salvation. Lord, we come and I pray that during this time now uh, that you would speak to us. And I I pray that on on this night, it wouldn't be a normal night. It wouldn't be a mundane thing to to pass through, but it would be when you would speak to us. And I pray that it is supernatural, and I pray that it is tremendous. I pray that we are astounded tonight by the truth of your word and by your goodness revealed in it. Lord, I pray for some that do not know you. I pray that tonight in this picture of Christ, of Jesus, our Savior, that they would turn to you and they would receive you in faith. Lord, I pray that that all of it tonight, every bit of it tonight, 
would bring great honor and glory to you. Lord, we love you and we worship you and we praise you. And I pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So far in our study, Jesus has revealed himself to the world and to us with some very profound statements. They all start, these particular statements, with I am. Now, if you remember with me, that is the verb that God uses to name himself. It is the verb that he also uses in that name to express and to explain himself. If you remember, we've seen it several times. I am means creator. It means self-existent. It means eternal. It means all-powerful, and it's referring to God. It is the name of God. Well, in our study so far, uh, Jesus has revealed himself by saying, I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. And then most recently, last night, he said, I am the door of the sheep. Well, tonight he adds one more to this impressive list. Now, it's going to continue to grow, but tonight he adds one more to this impressive list. Tonight our statement draws on all of those other titles, all of those other revelations of himself, but it also sets itself apart tonight. We're going to see tonight that there is a difference in our title tonight. It sets itself apart. Let me tell you, tonight my prayer is that we truly see Jesus. My prayer this afternoon, my prayer tonight as this is preached, is that we would truly see Jesus. All right, let's go to our verses. Last night we left off and Jesus has told us that he is the door of the sheepfold. That means he was telling us he is the only way to find peace. He is the only way to find safety. He is the only way to find security. And really it means this, he is the only way to be saved. It is exclusive in the person of Jesus Christ. We are only saved by faith in Jesus. In him alone we find safety and security. In him alone we find peace. Last night he told us, he came that we may have life and have it abundantly. Now, if you remember that definition for abundantly, uh, it translates radically more than we need, wildly more than we need. So there's, there's life, but then there is abundant life. There is life, but then there's radically, wildly more than we need. Well, that's what Jesus says that he gives. Not just life, life abundant. Now, I want you to think about that. In Jesus, we have abundant life. In Jesus, we have wildly more than just life. We have abundant life. That's what we have in the person of Jesus. Well, tonight, it moves along, and we see the cost of that life. He tells us we have life in him. Tonight, we're going to see in our verses the cost of that life. Let's start back with verse 10 tonight. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life 
and have it abundantly. At this point in our verses tonight, Jesus has told us there is a shepherd. He says the shepherd knows his sheep. He says the sheep know the shepherd. He told us yesterday the sheep hear his voice, and because they're confident in his voice, because they're trusting in his voice, they follow him. And so he's told us all about the shepherd. Uh, The shepherd knows the sheep. The sheep know the shepherd. The sheep hear his voice, and they follow him. So far, he has implied to us that he is the shepherd. And reading through the verses, you can't help but know he is the shepherd. Well, he has implied to us he is that shepherd. Well, tonight, he's going to expressly tell us in our verses, he is the shepherd. Tonight, we're going to look at seven truths of Jesus, our shepherd. Seven truths. Now, these are awesome. I I believe we're going to be blessed. I'm excited to tell you tonight, seven truths of Jesus, our shepherd. All right, we're going to move through the verses, but we'll let it work itself out. First is this. Jesus is the good shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Let's go to verse 11. I'm going to read the very first part of the verse. It says this. I am the good shepherd. That's what Jesus says. I am the good shepherd. Now, I want you to remember, Jesus has just condemned the false shepherds. He has condemned those shepherds that would serve themselves. He's told us of those false shepherds, speaking of the Pharisees, that they come to rob and to steal and to kill and to destroy. They leave a a wake of destruction behind them. He has told us about the false shepherds. He says they are thieves. Well, now in contrast, Jesus declares, listen, he is the good shepherd. The word for good, it is the Greek word kalos. Kalos. Kalos, listen to this. It is not talking about a status, like a good thing compared to a bad thing. It's not a a measurement like that. It's not a status like that. That's not what it's talking about. It literally translates, listen, a beautiful character, a good character. And so it's not saying, well, this is good and this is bad. It is a beautiful character. Character. It means Jesus is not only the shepherd, the one that would tend to the sheep, but he is the good shepherd. He is the righteous shepherd. He is the kind shepherd. He is the generous, gracious shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. Let me point out this article here, the... We might move quickly past it, but I want to see this. It says this, the good shepherd. Now, what that means is he is the only one. It means there are none like him. Well, aren't there a bunch of good shepherds? No, there is one good shepherd. There is not another like Jesus. The Bible says there is no one good but God. Well, isn't that interesting? Because Jesus is God and he is the good shepherd. Here's what I know tonight. I'm going to let you in on it. 
Jesus is good. Jesus is good. Oh, listen, Jesus is good. He is of beautiful character. And I, I'll just tell you, the, the, the more I look at him and the more time I spend studying his word and the more time I walk in fellowship with him, I can tell you, he is so good. His character is so beautiful. Jesus is so good. I'll just tell you, we think we know how good he is. We don't have a clue. However good you think he is, he's more than that. He's abundantly more than that. Our Savior, Jesus, is so good. So the first thing we see tonight of our shepherd, Jesus is the good shepherd. Second thing we see tonight is this. Jesus is the selfless shepherd. He is the selfless shepherd. Let me read all of verse 11 now. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, this is a big deal. This is a huge thing. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd, it says, gives his life for the sheep. Now, understand this. It's talking about the cross. It's talking about the cross of Calvary. Verse 10 says, he gives us life. But this verse tells us that life has a cost, and the cost is the life of the good shepherd. I want you to go with me for a second. I thought about this. Listen very carefully. Do you know the difference in our gospel and every other religion? And folks want to talk about that, and they want to have comparative religion. Listen, do you want to know the difference in our gospel and any other religion? Do you want to know the, the difference between Jesus and any other religious hero? The difference is the cross of Calvary. The difference is the cross of Calvary. Listen to me see this tonight. You see, only Jesus will die to save us. Only Jesus will die to pay for the redemption of sinners. Only Jesus would shed his own blood. And I'll just tell you tonight, Allah and Buddha and Muhammad and Krishna and Brahma, they will call you to live and to die to serve them. But only Jesus Christ, God in the flesh, will live and die to save you. And I'll just tell you, they may have sacred writings that they claim are like us. They may have sacred sayings that they claim are like us. But only Christians have the cross of Calvary, and it is all the difference. Somebody comes along, they want to know what the difference is. What's the difference? Aren't they all the same? Aren't they all passed in the same way? No, not at all. The difference is Calvary and the cross of Jesus. Bible says that Jesus humbled himself, that he gave himself in death. The Bible says even death on a cross. Jesus is the selfless shepherd. He's the selfless shepherd. Next thing we see tonight, Jesus is the true shepherd. He is the true shepherd. Listen to verses 12 and 13 together. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd who is not the owner of the sheep sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. Verse 13, he flees 
because he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. Let me tell you tonight, in a world of faults, in a world of pretenders, in a world of posers, in a world of would-be shepherds, Jesus is the only true shepherd. Jesus is the only true shepherd. I want you to notice these, these false shepherd, shepherds, they want to be a shepherd. There's a lot of folks, they'd like to be a shepherd. They like the idea of being a shepherd. They like the things they think might go along with being a shepherd. They like the idea of being a shepherd as long as there's no cost. It's easy to be a shepherd as long as it benefits them, as long as everything goes their way. They, hey, we like the idea of being a shepherd. But when the wolf shows up, they desert the sheep. They abandon the sheep. For the false shepherd, it's never about the sheep. For the true shepherd, it was always, it is always all about the sheep. One of my favorite accounts in Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells us the heart of a true shepherd. You want to know a true shepherd? Here's what he says. What man among you, if he has a hundred sheep and has lost one of them, does not leave the 99 in the open pasture and go after, listen to that, and go after the one which is lost until he finds it. Tonight, listen, Jesus is the true shepherd. Jesus is the true shepherd. Next thing we see tonight is this. Jesus is the loving shepherd. He is the loving shepherd. Let me read verses 14 and 15 to you. I am the good shepherd, and I know my own, and my own know me. Verse 15, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep, and I lay down my life for the sheep. Now, I want you to see this in these two verses. It is a great picture of a great truth. The word know here, he says, I know them, and they know me. The word know here is not talking about casual knowledge. It's not talking about a passing knowledge. It is a deep, intimate knowledge. It is actually the word used in the Old Testament and the New Testament for a marriage union. It, it is actually love. It is oneness in love. And that's what Jesus says there. I know my own. I love my own, and they know me. They love me. Now, he, he defines it in verse 15. He says, even as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. Even as, it means the same as. You want to know the depth of it? You want to know the, the picture of it? It means likewise, just as the Father and the Son know and love each other. So the good shepherd loves and knows the sheep. And then it's tied to this, and this is very telling. He says, I love them just as the Father loves me and I love him. And he ties it to this. And I lay down my life for the sheep. Do not miss these verses tonight. Get this tonight. Be very sure of this tonight. The motivation for the cross is love. The motivation for the gospel of Jesus Christ is, it is love. 
The motivation for Jesus coming as a man and taking our sin, even becoming our sin and going to the cross and paying for it in his very own blood, the motivation for that is love. Do you hear that tonight? The good shepherd, the one with the beautiful character is the shepherd that so loves us, that so loves you, that he goes to the cross to save us. Folks, listen tonight, what a, what a distortion it is to say that the cross was for any other reason. What a distortion it is to say the gospel is for any other reason. Listen, yes, it greatly glorifies God. Yes, it greatly glorifies Jesus. But their glory, watch this, is in their love. Love that is unearned, love that is unmerited, love that is unfathomable. Their glory is in their love, and the gospel is motivated by love. The truth of the gospel is for God so loved. Jesus is the loving shepherd. Next we see, and praise the Lord, Jesus is the faithful Shepherd. Jesus is the faithful shepherd. Look at verse 16. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. Over and over and over again, we see God's love is for all people, and therefore God's grace is for all people. And I mean over and over again, we're halfway through the 10th chapter and we've already seen this a a multitude of times. God's love is not for some to the neglect of others. His love is for all people. His grace is for all people. Verse 16, Jesus is talking to the Jews and he says, I have other sheep which are not of this fold. He says, I must bring them also and they will hear my voice. Now understand, he's talking about the Gentiles. He's talking about us. He's talking about those that are not Jews. He says, I have to bring them along. They're going to hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. God's promise to Abraham is for all people to be blessed through the descendant of Abraham, the Messiah. Listen God's promise made to Abraham is for all people, all nations, to be blessed through the promised Messiah. And so God's provision through Jesus is for all people. Doesn't that make sense? His promise was that the blessing was for all people. So his provision through Jesus is for all people. And so Jesus is showing us here, therefore the good news of the gospel is offered, is accessible to all people. He's the faithful shepherd, leaving none out. Praise the Lord for that. He's the faithful shepherd. Next we see tonight, he is the beloved shepherd. And I love this. He is the beloved shepherd. Verse 17. For this reason, the Father loves me, Jesus says, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it again. 
The world hates Jesus. His own people reject Jesus. He came into his own, they received him not. His own people reject him. At this point, his own family wants nothing to do with him. Remember his brothers? Maybe you should come down and show yourself if you're a big deal. At this point, his own family want nothing to do with him. He is misunderstood. He is slandered. He is lied about. He is talked about. Isaiah says that he is despised and forsaken of men. Soon, even his own disciples will act like they don't know him. They'll walk off from him, and he will be crucified alone. But you know what never changed? The father's love for his son. You see, though men might reject him, though men might come and and ridicule him and mock him, though men will stretch him out, you know what never changed? Father's love for his son. In fact, it is for this reason that the Bible says the father loves him. The father never had to go back and retract his statement. He never had to change his statement. And this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The good shepherd is the beloved shepherd. That brings us to the last one tonight. Jesus is the obedient shepherd. He is the obedient shepherd. Verse 18. No one has taken it from me, talking about his life, but I lay it down on my own initiative. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This commandment I received from my Father. Notice the last line of that says, This commandment I received from my Father. Friend, Jesus to a T is obedient to the eternal will of the Father. We we, we need to be sure that he is obedient to a T to the eternal will of the Father. He will walk it out in perfect obedience. Not my will be done, but thine be done. And he will submit to the cross. He will endure the cross in the will of God the Father. Our shepherd is an obedient shepherd. What a shepherd. What a shepherd. There's actually one more. We got time tonight, so I'm going to show it to you. I want you to stay with me. There's one more. Verse 18 says this. Listen very carefully. He gives his life. He lays it down. It also says, verse 18... He takes it up. He takes it up. Now, I want you to stay with me. I couldn't help it. I want you to see this. He is the good shepherd of a beautiful character. That is our shepherd. He is the good shepherd. He is the selfless shepherd giving his life for our life. But I want to tell you tonight, that's not the end of the story. You see, the good shepherd, the the one that's different from all the world, he dies for sinners. And he's put in the grave. He's laid down his life. They didn't take it from him. He laid down his own life. But I want to tell you, that's not the end of the story. Three days later, he takes it back up. 
And that's what he said he would do in verse 18. That's exactly what he does. He takes it back up and he walks out of the grave and he stands in victory and the slain shepherd is now the saving shepherd. And in Hebrew it says that brought up from the dead. Listen, Hebrews 13, 20. He stands now as the great shepherd. That's what the Bible says. He stands in resurrection power as the great shepherd. What that means tonight, friends, is this. It's no longer talking about his character. It's no longer talking about his quality. It's no longer talking about his grace and his mercy as the good shepherd. It is now talking about his position as the great shepherd. And the Bible says, Jesus risen from the dead. He is the exalted shepherd. He is the glorified shepherd. He is the great shepherd, the shepherd above all other shepherds. The good shepherd risen from the dead stands as the great shepherd. Oh, what a shepherd. Oh, what a shepherd. Verses 19 through 21, listen to this. A division occurred again among the Jews because of these words. Good grief. Many of them were saying, he has a demon And is insane, why do you listen to him? Others were saying, these are not the sayings of one demon possessed. A demon cannot open the eyes of the blind, can he? What a shepherd we have. He is the good shepherd. He is the selfless shepherd. He is the true shepherd. He is the loving shepherd. It's motivated in great love. He is the faithful shepherd, leaving none behind. He is the beloved shepherd. He is the obedient shepherd. He doesn't shirk his responsibility. He is the obedient shepherd and risen from the dead. He is the great shepherd. Let me tell you some good news tonight. By faith, he can be your shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness, surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He can be your shepherd by faith tonight. If you'll receive Jesus tonight by faith, he is your shepherd. Oh, what a shepherd. Let's pray. Dream Father, we come, we're thankful for tonight. We're thankful for this truth. We're thankful for our shepherd. We're thankful that he's good. We're thankful that he's selfless. We're thankful that he's faithful. We're thankful that he is great, risen from the dead. Lord, I, I pray that tonight in the picture of the, the truth of who you are, I pray, Lord, that your people would worship you tonight, that your people would be drawn to you tonight, that we would exalt your name this very night. Lord, I pray in this picture of our Savior, our Shepherd Jesus. I pray for those that are lost, those that are wondering, those that are walking in their sin, those that are carrying the guilt of that sin. 
Tonight they would pick up their eyes and they would turn and they would look to the good, great shepherd, Jesus. And I pray that in faith they would receive you as the, their Savior for their sin. And they would claim you as their shepherd, their Savior. And that in doing so tonight they would be saved. Lord, move in their hearts. Work in their hearts tonight. Lord, I pray for us as again saved people tonight here. I pray that we've been encouraged. But I also pray that we've been We've been pushed out to tell the world there is a shepherd. There is a savior. He is good and he is great, risen from the dead. Help us, Lord, to be your ambassadors tonight. Help us to leave here and tell a lost world of good news tonight. Lord, we come and I'm thankful for your truth. I'm thankful for my savior, Jesus. Thankful for the forgiveness of my sin that I did not earn or merit. Thankful for your motivation of love given to me, shown to me in great grace. Lord, we come, and again, we just ask during this time of invitation that you would move, that you would work, that you'd be known through it. We tell you tonight, we do love you, and we praise you, and we exalt you, and I pray in Jesus' name, amen. We're going to close our service to a time of response, a time of invitation, a time to respond to the truth of God's preached word. The good news of the gospel is this. There is a shepherd. There is a Savior. There is hope. There is peace in him. There's security in the sheepfold. The Bible says if you'll trust Jesus, he'll forgive you tonight. If you'll trust Jesus, he'll save you from your sin tonight. You call out to him. You trust him. He will save you. If you're here and you've followed Christ, but you've never followed him in believer's baptism, I want to give you that opportunity as well to come and say, I want that testimony to stand for me and in my life. And you come tonight as well, and it'll be a great testimony to what we believe of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Maybe you're looking for a church home and you've prayed about it and you believe God's led you here. You come as well. Together we'll serve his purpose for his glory. Maybe on this night, this Tuesday night, you want to come and worship here at the altar. Maybe you want to come pray here at the altar. Maybe you want to come pray with me. Maybe you want to come and pray for this effort. God would take it and multiply it and bless it and use it. I'm going to ask that no one would stir about or head for an exit. You pray for those who are making decisions. If God has spoken to you tonight, as we stand and sing, you step out. You come on. I'll meet you here. You come on. I'll meet you here.